This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different? High Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we're heading to the Winter Carnival <gasps> for a fair to remember. Oh my God. Like, yes, another great title from the writers here. Uh, <laughs> loving that. Will I, will I read our little uh, Wikipedia blurb? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's incredibly inaccurate. <laughs> Go on. The way we like them. Okay. <laughs> Todd's new friend, Jason, dates Liz and Jessica at the same time. So straight away there. Not his friend. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, uh, dates Liz and Jessica at the same time, among other girls at the school. Todd isn't sure whether to warn them or not, as Jason is the new coach's nephew and saving them make no what oh yeah and saving them may cost him a spot on the team it's just you know it's just written so well however (laughs) jessica sees jason for who he is and is able to warn liz about him before he ruins them both ruins what are they like like jane austen little sisters it's like wickham's gonna take him off to brighton yeah i'm afraid so that's how it's gonna go down i guess wow they could be ruined ruined by jason although as you know as you have suggested uh jessica does not do any such thing no, and like Todd doesn't deliberate over whether he should warn them or not because he's straight in there trying to fucking <laughs> plead his case to Liz. But anyway, yeah, it's extremely inaccurate. But you know what? Delightful in its own weird little way as always. True, true. I do like their uh, idiosyncratic mm. style. <laughs> well, we begin at the Winter Carnival, which features more prominently in this book th- or oh in this God. episode than it did in the book winter carnival yes like we literally open with a huge banner that says winter carnival and my notes are just like it's an actual winter carnival this is already better than the book winter carnival <laughs> i mean it does not look very wintry because oh, no. uh, we we immediately see the twins who are taking manning the uh, the roller coaster and jessica is wearing a crop top and a uh, miniskirt so not exactly winter garb not so much, um, but I was I was very tickled by the fact that they're essentially carnies now. So I just wrote down Herman, my pills. R.I.P. and Shirley, we would hate to see it. It's Shirley's worst nightmare come true. She is spinning in her grave right now. I'm just assuming she's dead. 
Oh my god. I cannot believe I am ashamed of myself for not noticing this. Wow. Well, I mean, karma's a bitch, Aunt Shirley. That's, that's what happens. Your snobbishness has been rewarded by carny nieces. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, well, they, they're they clearly enjoying their new roles. So it's giving Jessica an opportunity to... Um, to sort of check out the guys and bemoan her uh, her her single state because she has been single. We're told, or not even she has been single. She has not had a date in two whole days. I I really thought she was going to say weeks, and when she came in yeah. with days, I was just like, I did laugh, and I was like, you know what? Fair enough, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say that she delivers you know, all Jessica's uh, horn dog lines uh, very amusingly. Mm, it's true. She does. Yeah. She's like, she's just randomly hitting on guys as well that are that are <laughs> giving her their, their tickets for the roller coaster. Like, I think she's just taking guys tickets and then handing them her number, even though they're literally there with their girlfriends getting on the oh, roller yeah. coaster. It's very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she decides she hates seeing happy couples because of her terrible single state. And when she uh, sees another couple get on who have, we're told, been together for six months, she says it's time for an intervention. Because <laughs> uh, TV Jess is even more of a uh, serial dater than book Jess. Um, so Liz takes a break and joins Todd. Now, I sort of got the impression at the end of the last episode when Todd uh, left the gang that <laughs> he and Liz would be reunited but uh, turns out that's not the case. Yeah it's not quite as straightforward as that so they're not mm. actually back together Um, but they are friendly at least and Todd is yeah, yeah. airing slightly more towards his kind of pleasant self that we saw a bit of in the last one which was nice mm. Um, but yeah so he's manning this like little kind of basketball game booth uh, and uh, reveals that he's back on the basketball team as well so he's he's turning things around good for him no oh, I can't believe I'm happy for him uh, but he, he was pleasant <laughs> last week so we'll you know he's the bar was points. low yeah <laughs> um, so yeah apparently he he's well the, although he's on the team the coach uh, it's a new coach and the coach isn't letting him play because he's like joined mid-season mm. um so liz jokes that you know working on this basketball booth will get him on the coach's good side mm. and uh then who should approach but winston who has a frankly not very effective scheme to double the audience at his magic show <laughs> yes he um he shows off this like um magic book uh that he picked up at a yard sale um, and Liz opens it up and says, oh my God, it's autographed by Houdini. But then Winston reveals, no, nah, he just wrote that in there for inspiration. Oh, <laughs> so yes, the great Windini is going to be, uh, <laughs> is going to be the star of the Winter Carnival. And he he and Liz leave uh, Todd to his, his booth with Winston saying that the great Windini wants to saw her in half. <laughs> Uh, I think that is definitely beyond his, his powers. I, well, see, I read this very differently and just wrote down, excuse me. <laughs> he wants to do what now? <laughs> I can't help it, it's Winston. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. 
Um, I think I was watching this on my phone and the sound quality is so bad. I don't think I could uh, take in the majesty of most of the lines because there were a few things that I had to rewind and play again because the, the YouTube standard has gone down considerably in this season. Unfortunately, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't believe that I'm not even... First of all, I'm not spotting carny... The, you know, the carny history, and then I'm not spotting a double entendre. I'm ashamed of myself. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> You're fine. I'm taking for... it from here, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I've let us all down. <laughs> well, when the great Windini and Liz head off, coach approaches, and he's not alone. <laughs> No, so this, yeah, new coach, Coach Bradford. And again, I just said 10, RIP Coach Schultz. Again, I'm just assuming oh, people are dead. Yep. <laughs> but yes, he introduces Todd to his nephew, Jason. Um, so he wants Jason to to work the booth with Todd and uh, then kind of uh, takes Todd aside and explains that apparently Jason's a little bit shy and kind of would he mind introducing him to some people. Um, but uh, yeah, Jason kind of, his demeanor changes quite quickly as soon as uh, Coach leaves him to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sure does, because um, he just uh, he says, just point me in the direction of the babes and I'll be fine. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's a smooth operator. <laughs> uh, and he strolls off to Liz. Yes, he's got Liz in his sights. So he, he kind of uh, comes up to her where she's still taking tickets for the roller coaster. And like just flirts really weirdly with her. I don't really understand his approach at all because he kind of starts banging on about some story about his first date with his ex-girlfriend was on a roller coaster like this one and how he loves watching happy couples. Like it's a really odd approach and I don't get it. Um, I know it's 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 mystifying. Very weird. He's like, yeah, I love watching happy couples. If you told me right now you were seeing someone, it'd make my day. Like what? Um, so then is it Liz, meant to be kind of nagging? Like it's not even nagging. I don't even know no, what it is. But it's really weird. I don't understand it. But Liz is inexplicably charmed and says that she's as single as can be. So he's kind of like, mm. oh, if you ever want to be single together, let me know. Like see you around and kind of heads off. And she's kind of interested, but like I don't know why because that guy was fucking well, weird. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's uh, yeah, she's she's inexplicably intrigued by his uh, smooth talking. And uh, then we cut to our favourite twosome. <laughs> it's Manny and Edith. And I kind of forgot our last episode kind of left us on a bit of a cliffhanger with them where it seemed like Manny was misreading Enid a bit. And remember mm. they had that awkward hug where she was pulling a real kind of like face because she was like, oh God, yes. Manny is into me and I don't know what to do about it. Um, but we seem to have just kind of glossed over that. And any of the kind of Manny and Enid moments in this episode, like they're very kind of cute little comedy moments, but there's nothing to kind of address the last episode at all. I mean, we're probably hoping for too much in terms of continuity there, but um, but they do have a a funny little moment. Yes, they're working the candy floss stand, but uh, it's not working. So Enid comes to the rescue. Oh, she does. Uh, yes, Manny is eating all the profits. We're told, by the way. Um, <laughs> but when when the machine goes on the blink, Edith sticks her head in to fix it and ends up with a giant 
sort of Marie Antoinette style <laughs> wig made out of candy floss. It is like a massive Georgian wig on her head. Um, yeah, and everyone is laughing, and you know, it's like, what? What's happening? Because she she doesn't understand what's happened. But yeah, I mean, it's Aww. it's it's very slightly overdone, but like it's cute. It's funny. Yeah. I, it's fine. It is. <laughs> They're both charming. So yeah. uh, I can't believe we've come round on Manny as well. He was just like. Tra- Bruce's douchey sidekick in the first season that's the thing they actually have made him a proper character in his own right really I suppose they Hmm. it's funny it's like certain choices have worked well for characters like this but then like they really fucked it when they recast Bruce because like 2 Bruce 2 hasn't been in a good few episodes and we have not missed him but like no He's out of sight, out of mind. Well, completely, like, yeah. Whereas, like, you know, it's nice seeing Manny as as a proper, slightly more well-rounded character, but it's like, but then we've also lost a proper Bruce. And it's like, I don't understand the decision-making that's been going on by the people in charge of this show. God, well, I I think we have many questions for them on many Well, we cut to the parking lot and Jason finds Todd. Todd's like, where have you been? And uh, Jason is so sleazy and cheesy. He's like, I've been fishing and a beautiful blonde jumped right into the boat. He's so cringe. (laughs) Oh, it's awful. Um, And that blonde is Liz Wakefield. And Todd's like, what? Oh my God. It's it's so funny. Todd is like on the precipice of going into I'm going to kill that guy mode but like Jason just kind of deflects and it's just like yeah I'd love to chat and just kind of cuts him off it's kind of hilarious it is and also Jason says he has to go to his uncle because they're going over the team lineup so it's sort of hanging over you know Todd that uh Jason has this power over mm. the basketball team. How he has, I don't know. I, but this is it. I was like, it's like, yeah, he's he's, stuck, he's going over the starting lineup with his uncle. But like, is he a student in Sweet Valley? Is he on the team? Like, who is he? <laughs> he's just a random nephew who yes. apparently has been given inexplicable power over the basketball but- squad. <laughs> Nothing but questions, honestly. (laughs) Well, the angsty guitar plays as Todd Mm. looks sad, so we know it's a serious issue. We cut to the the moon beach where Winston and Maddie are sitting side by side at the counter. And in a a genuinely quite charming uh, visual gag, we see them like turnover pages and bo- in a, each turnover page in a book and take a sip of a milkshake and uh, push their hair back in perfect <laughs> harmony. And Eden notices what's going on and says, oh, we're spending too much time together and leaves. So I, I, now I think of it, could that possibly be, uh, you know, her acknowledging that they're oh, not maybe. meant to be a couple, but I, it's basically just a sort of a cute little visual gag. It's- that's it. Yeah, it's all just kind of little funny visual gags for the two of them in this episode. And it is done very well, like their little kind of like, yeah, drinking their milkshake in unison thing and turning the pages. Yeah. Like it's very cute. But uh, yeah, Enid is kind of freaked out then. So maybe that is kind of a nod to where we left them last time. But yeah, she's mm. uh, she notices and she's like, nope, I'm out of here <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see whether this is mm. true love. Well, we pan over to a, a booth in the Moon Beach where an angsty Jessica is wondering if she's actually as pretty as she thinks she is because apparently no guy has uh, has made a move on her in two days, 14 hours and 22 minutes, which is frankly worrying that she's 
mean, I look like this is Jessica's version of an existential crisis. It's like, am I not as hot as I think I am? <laughs> also, this is her idea of a dry spell, which is um, hilarious. Oh my god, she would not have survived five minutes in my school. Like, <laughs> well, Todd enters and asks to talk to Liz because. Uh, Obviously, he knows about the date and hmm. says that Liz should stay away from this guy because he's basically a total sleaze. Yeah. Yeah, Liz isn't uh, impressed, though. She uh, no. She's kind of saying, look, you know, I can I can make my own decisions. You don't have to get involved with this. Uh, so Todd kind of kind of reverts back to Huffy Todd and kind of heads off in a bit of a mood. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I feel like he possibly could have handled it better i don't know but like liz was actually quite polite to him but as soon as he's gone you know jess is like what was that all about and liz is like oh you know what he's like he just gets jealous and he does have that kind of former behavior that's uh, working against him for sure yes i mean he he has form let's put it that way uh so um we we cut to liz and jason returning from their their date they've gone out already and he's telling some I don't know. He's talk- some story about fooling somebody into thinking he was Swedish royalty, mm. um, which doesn't sound like a particularly hilarious tale. But Liz is uh, is amused. She says she can't remember the last time she had so much fun. I mean, yeah, Jessica, she... yeah, with Surly Todd. So, well, you know. I guess that's true. So maybe getting to have a few laughs on a date actually is like a game changer for poor Liz. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's she's had a good time. Uh, and yeah, Jason kind of goes on about how, you know, he's dated a lot of girls, but never met anybody like her. And she's so down to earth and so spontaneous. And Liz is kind of like, I'm not spontaneous. <laughs> it's like no one ever yeah. calls me spontaneous. <laughs> She's like, do you even know me? But um, but yeah, he ends up kissing her anyway, and she seems pretty pleased by the whole thing. Um, so mm. it's like, okay, they're trying to sell it as cute, but Jason's just a bit too cringe and sleazy for it to to come off that way. Yes, uh, yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he's he tries to have sort of slick banter, mm. but it just never works, mm. and. Yeah, when, I think she looks kind of stunned when he kisses her, I think. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But I think she's pretty, yeah. she's fairly happy about the whole situation so far. Well, we cut back to the carnival the next day, because apparently it's going on for, you know, I mean, forever, possibly, maybe. <laughs> Jesus, uh, maybe with the wrinkles <laughs> are permanent carnies. Honestly, the more that we cut back to the carnival, the more confused I got as to what was going on with this carnival. Because it kind of cuts between school and carnival and home and carnival. And it's like, I guess, if the kids are working at it, I guess it's a fundraiser of some sort. But then it also seems to just be going on all day, every day. I don't know yes. what's happening. It's like, and it's also, it's always daytime yeah. when it's on. So... Maybe there. I mean, I would not surprise me if the TV school curriculum is as rigorous as the book one. Then they just let them off. To do, they let them off to do the where were they at the centennial fair or whatever the hell it was. I've got double carny duty on a Friday evening. <laughs> I mean, it would be on, be beyond the bounds of possibility in the books anyway. True. Um, so. Todd sees Jason flirting with another girl and when she strolls off he's as smug as smug can be and uh, Todd says you know when when she's gone Todd's like you're unbelievable and Jason says oh he has to check out the rest of the menu by which he means the girls of Sweet Valley High he's he's the grossest boy we have met so far he genuinely, yeah, he is very gross. 
Um, and he uh, he he ha- he checks his uh, notebook, um, uh, but to see whether he has any free spots in his busy schedule. And he has one free night this week. And when Todd asks who's his lucky victim, uh, Jason gets distracted by some other babe he wants to chase. But as he goes, he drops the notebook. Oh, yes. So uh, Todd, uh, Todd grabs it. And uh, I did enjoy that this all took place in what is clearly the stage for the great Windini, because that's the big banner <laughs> up behind them. So I was like, oh, it's yeah. ramping up for this magic show. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and we will get that show, listeners. <laughs> Well, we cut to Sweet Valley High where Todd approaches Liz to talk about Jason and she's just like, no, I don't want to talk about this. But Todd shows her his Jason's little black book, his mm. scorecard. He's been waiting all the babes. Oh, it's horrible. But again, Todd handles this so poorly because he kind of, the way he reads it out, he kind of reads out each girl's name and how many stars out of five or whatever Jason gave her. But like... He got, yeah, he just does it in such a like a dickish way. It's like, of course, she's not going to listen to you. You're being an asshole because he's like, oh, let's see where you ranked in it. And it's yes. like, dude, shut up. What are you talking about? I have to say, I was very disappointed that this was an opportunity for us to ha- have some name drops. Oh, basically. my God. I had my fingers crossed so hard for Amy Sutton and nothing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, the sound quality is really bad. Make sure I don't miss anything. Give me my ear up to the phone. <laughs> yeah, because there are a bunch of random names thrown out, but like not one actual deep cut, unfortunately, this time around. Sadly, no. So, uh, yeah, Jason, Liz basically says this is a new low for Todd. And uh, yeah, so... Like basic, and I I still think she could have taken it more seriously because this should be a red flag that this guy oh. she supposedly likes has a like little mm. black book full of girl ratings. Yeah, she kind of says, look, she knows that he's had he's dated other girls in the past. She's mm. like, um, yeah, it's all in the past and it's none of your business type of thing. So I guess she's just reading it as these are like girls he used to go out with or something, but. Like, it's very clearly that that's not what the case is here, no. but she's just she doesn't want to hear it anyway, and not from Todd. <sighs> Well, we cut to the moon beach where Jason sleezes in to find Jessica shooting pool. And of course, thinks she's Liz and is like, I didn't know you shoot pool. And when Jessica reveals her identity, he is so gross. It's just like, oh, twins. Oh, I know. It's You can just see the fucking hamster wheels turning in his head. That he's just like, oh my God, I'm going to try and date twins. Like, oh, just get in the bin. You're the worst. <laughs> Well, uh, Jessica says that she and Liz are nothing alike and this, and says Liz's w- idea of a wild time is not wearing a seatbelt. It's like that is not wearing a seatbelt is pretty risky, Jessica. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. given your <laughs> history of uh, of car <laughs> safety in the books, I shouldn't be surprised. I know I did have to laugh at that just thinking of how, how terrible their behaviour is on piling into that stupid tiny car. <laughs> Well, and uh, also considering what happens when uh, Liz takes one wild ride in the Jeep. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Well, they they have so annoying banter about being free spirits, blah, 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 blah. blah. And um, Jason asks Jessica out to dinner and she's delighted. But then he introduces himself and says his name is Cliff. (gasps) Aha. Mm. Very so sneaky. he's he's 
Yes. Uh, so, you know, obviously he uh, doesn't want it to get back to Liz that mm-hmm. um, he's doing some uh, player activity. <laughs> so later on, he greets Todd and is like, I'm dating twins. Can you believe this? So he's just bragging about it. And Friday, he's going out with Jessica. Saturday, he's going out with Liz. Uh, again, super gross. Uh, but also, I was kind of confused. I was very confused about the timeline in this whole episode. Oh, so I was like, God, is this later yeah. the same night? Is this the following I, day? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Who's running the carnival? I'm just so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't even throw a line in, as far as I remember, about it being a charity carnival. No. It's just, well, I guess they work at a carnival. Like, now. I guess Winston's a magician now. This is just what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, then, uh, you know, before Todd can, can say anything about Jason's sleazy ways, Coach comes in and says he's uh, pleased Todd is getting on so well with his nephew. And then he says, I hope Jason hasn't been too shy with the girls. And he says it like like there's some sort of double meaning to it. But I can't think of any that would be in any way appropriate and not it's, weird. No, it, it is just weird. It's like, why are you invested in your nephew getting the shift? Because that's very <laughs> strange of you. <laughs> Because that is that that does seem to be what's kind of happening here, and it's very yeah. strange. And also, again, as soon as the uncle turns up, Jason goes all kind of like, "Gee whiz, Mister, everything swell," kind of around him, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, Jason. I mean, he's gross, but he's entertaining to watch. True. Yeah. <laughs> Well, la- Jason, uh, later on that day, night to the fuck knows, and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he leaves Liz in the in the moon beach, and Todd comes in and tells uh, Liz that Jason is going out with Jessica, and mm. she's like, "Oh, you know, stop this nonsense, Todd." But Todd, understandably frustrated, I have to say, is like, "Jason was bragging about yeah. dating both of you." And Liz just doesn't want to hear any of this. So she stomps off. But uh, Winston takes her place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he arrives uh, with handcuffs on as practice for his magic show. He's like, (laughs) okay, it's not just me then. (laughs) Join me, won't you? (laughs) Yeah, he kind of pulls his hands up because he's got these handcuffs on. So he's like, oh, they're a real crowd pleaser. Which, accurate, <laughs> as it turns out, just not for the reasons he thinks. <laughs> I just nearly choked on some water. <laughs> Worth it. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's... Um, he he. John says he'd like to use those cuffs on Jason, and uh, then he... And I, uh, say Winston then disappoints me a bit. So he tells... Ta- or tells Winston what um what Jason's been up to, and uh, Winston is like dating both the Wakefields. Wow! And then it's sort of like, oh, I mean, wow, that's terrible. Like, okay, Winston, come on, reel it in. Yeah, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps us on our toes, that's for sure. <laughs> certainly does. It's a whirlwind or a uh, Walter. It's like oh. a carnival ride. There we go. <laughs> A road, emotional roller coaster. Oh my goodness! Um, so Todd says he wishes he could make the twins see what Jason is really like, but then he has an idea. He runs away, and leaves Winston, poor old Winston, still uh, with his wrists cuffed. 
Yeah, he kind of calls after Todd saying, you wouldn't happen to have a blowtorch, would you? Because I, I guess he's lost the keys or it turns out not to be very good at escaping from handcuffs, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I have to say, much as we love Winston, his trickery is not his strong suit. No. We cut to the carnival booth and Todd tells Jason that he just missed Jessica. She called by because she wants to switch the date to Saturday. And uh, Jason's like, oh, well, I have to swap the date with Liz. But uh, then tells Todd to take notes because it's an art juggling all these babes. Oh, God. It's, so it's like he's it's like he'd be creepy if he wasn't so fucking cringy because he's just such a cheese ball <laughs> like that's that's the thing he is amusing um and actually todd's amused so jason struts off but todd looks uh, very pleased with himself so we know he's got something up his sleeve mm. And then we get a winter carnival montage. Oh my God. It's delightful. It's completely pointless. There's absolutely no reason for it. It does nothing to move the story forward. And it is delightful. A classic montage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. The the music's sort of jangly. It's a little bit Lemonheads. It's very sort of early 90s jangly pop. Um, and uh, Winston, we see Winston mixing the ingredients of a cake and a hat. Um, we see Manny and Enid go on some fairground ri- ground rides. We see Liz going down a wobbly slide. Um, all the all the high points of a carnival. It's just yeah, all the kids having fun, and it's like this is lovely and wholesome. Good job, everybody. <laughs> and the music says free, so free. So it's uh, it's just. <laughs> The delightful carny life. Hooray. Everyone's having a great time. <laughs> Except Anne Shirley. <laughs> oh, God. Well, RIP Anne Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> well, later, Liz tells... Who knows what time of day her oh, like this who. is. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Liz tells Jessica that she hasn't felt about uh, like this about a guy since Todd. Because Jason's so sweet and warm. But Jessica's not impressed. No, she says, if I want sweet and warm, I'll eat a brownie. <laughs> I like that line. Pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Liz uh, says that Todd's been so rude lately. And he even said something terrible about Jessica. And uh, they can't, uh, they don't take it any any further. We can't, you know, have the, the truth accidentally coming out. Because when Jessica hears Todd said something bad about her, uh, she says, oh, did he did he tell you that I ruined your yellow sweater? And uh, Liz is like, no, but you did. And I would be more annoyed than Liz. I wouldn't be using that as an opportunity for some cute banter. I'd be like, you what? You fucking what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a yellow mohair sweater. And it's like, that can't have been cheap. Jesus. <laughs> Lord. Well, I mean, Liz, ever the doormat, I guess that is in character. True. Um, so... So Jessica starts talking about Cliff and it sounds like he's the opposite to sweet and warm Jason. <laughs> um, yeah, he's real adventurous. Apparently he goes hang gliding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love his name is Cliff. He goes hang gliding. It's like, well done, Jason. <laughs> I mean, I've got to salute somebody who makes their lies kind of easy to remember. You know, she's got a little list of things. Like go, you know, he's got like things that go together for his secret identities. Very true, yeah. But although Liz does say that uh, that Todd says that 
Jess was dating Jason but of course Jessica's like I'm obviously not because this guy's called Cliff like what is he on about and also she's like no offense but why would I be interested in the guy you were dating (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean you know fair enough Um, (laughs) uh, because oh yes another thing that uh, Liz says about Jason is that he's he always gives her wildflowers because that's how you know that's a sign of his Mm. romance so at some, I guess it's like literally five minutes later, Jessica meets Cliff, but then Liz emerges from the moon beach and sees Jessica with the guy she knows as Jason. And the sad music plays as she realizes <gasps> Todd was right. Oh no. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's funny because like when Jessica meets Cliff, she calls him Cliff mm. and then he yeah. kind of hands her these flowers because he's confused because with all the date swapping, he thinks he's meeting Liz tonight so he's he's like oh Liz it's so great to see you and Jessica's like wait what the fuck but like I don't know why he didn't put it together when she called him Cliff that this is Jessica but like yeah he's (laughs) just not very bright I guess (laughs) in fairness he's probably doing this with about seven different girls so they're all also true yeah he just Uh, can't keep everything on track but yeah Jessica cops that he's Jason so he kind of is is like oh you don't understand and she's like oh I understand perfectly uh calls him a scumbag and like throws the flowers back at him and storms off so it's like good for you Jessica yes and uh we see a thoughtful Liz observing all this scene so we gush back to the casa and we get a truly stupid misunderstanding that is worthy of the books. It's so <laughs> ridiculous because Liz confronts Jessica and uh, accuses her of going out with Jason behind her back. And it yeah, is she's, preposterous. It, it is ridiculous because, yeah, she comes in like all like accusations and is like, you know, you couldn't stand me having a date. Uh, and not you all this and Jessica tries to explain she's like look he said his name was Cliff um but like yeah weirdly Liz does not believe her but uh the only reason that this whole stupid misunderstanding is good is because <laughs> it uh, leads oh. to a fantastic little kind of monologue or realization <laughs> from Jessica where um like oh. Liz is kind of um Liz is given out to her and is all like you only care about yourself you're lying all this but uh I don't do you have this from what Jessica I says do. Or, Yes. Yeah, go for it because fuck me, it's so good. <laughs> she says, I wouldn't do anything, you know, you know, I wouldn't do anything like this. Well, actually, I would, but not to you. Maybe I've done it to you before, but I didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> Just can't do justice to how well the, um, Brittany Daniel delivers it's those so lines. funny it's so good like the little kind of moments of realisation and pauses all the way through yeah. and like it's just it's, it is genuinely really funny and it's just done so yes. well <laughs> so um, Liz says well, give me one reason to believe you then Todd just waltzes right into their kitchen <laughs> without so much as a knock <laughs> he's not even her boyfriend anymore you don't just walk into people's houses like that Todd it's so rude <laughs> <laughs> and he just says because she's telling the truth <gasps> and he reminds her and I mean fair enough Todd I would, I told you so the hell out of this mm. he says I tried to tell you and Liz realises that Jason has made a fool out of everybody and apologises to um, to both Todd and Jessica for her rants but Todd has a better idea yeah, he um he says, you know, let's not get mad at each other, let's get even. And uh he still has this little kind of date book that um what's his face, Jason had dropped. So mm. he says, Hand me the phone. So clearly a plan is afoot here. So uh we cut back to the fair. 
<laughs> like, it's just increasingly night? inexplicable. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> is it day? Is it night? Is it the next day? Oh, I think they're wearing the same clothes, aren't they? So I guess it's that day. Like literally, who knows? Because they, they were. This is. I thought this was after the date that you. I. Oh, Jesus, I don't know. I. I have no idea what's going on. Like if time was ever a flat circle in Sweet Valley, it is no. a spiral here because I'm so confused. It's a dodecahedron. Also, well, if it is night, then it's very, very late at night. So Anne Shirley would be doubly horrified that her neo carny nieces are now going out like in the wee hours um well winston is uh, is in his magician garb and he's shocked that so to have so many people at his show um but it's all part of a scheme because winston gets up on stage and says that he has to introduce a very special group of girls the twins appear and each of them take up an essentially a slapstick comedy custard pie yes yeah there's a whole table of them so they they yes. each pick one up uh, and then the curtain of the stage is pulled back to, to reveal like like I was I did not expect this so you know what well no. done guys uh, it's it's J- it's Jason on stage uh, in medieval stocks with his little head and his two hands dangling out with no idea how, what's going on. How did they get him in there? Like, did they have to sort of physically manhandle him into it? Did they trick him? Like, what I don't did they know. There do? was it's like there is a scene missing here because how did it get to this point? Because all along backstage, Todd's like, "Oh, I hope this works. I hope this plan works," and it's like they have some kind of plan to trick him or upstage him but no that dude is literally there the whole time trapped in stocks so okay I'd say it's probably well underway at this stage (laughs) Um, so uh, yeah Jason um, is growling and ranting and uh, demanding to be released and Liz holds up his notebook and says maybe this will make you feel better and he demands it back but Jessica's like oh you get it back but not before she starts reading out the names of his victims. And I have to say, his first victim is clearly extremely gullible and (laughs) kind of deserves to be fooled. True. Yeah, she reads out uh, Kate Armfield, who, oh yeah, there's kind of like a lie that he's told each of these girls to go along with each name. So apparently for poor poor Kate, the sucker, uh, was told that uh, that Jason was the drummer for Green Day. And yeah, you kind of feel like this one's on Kate, in fairness. Yes. I mean, if you could look at Jason, the most blandly preppy guy alive, and think that he is in Green Day, that's on you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we go on through the rest of the girls, and then Coach Bradford, uh, Jason's uncle, comes in and a frazzled Todd is sort of like, oh shit, uh, uh, he volunteered. Like, I mean, if you think that that's going to be your cover story because the coach will be angry with you, that truth will come out very quickly, Todd. But <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter because the coach is delighted with all this. Yeah, apparently Liz explained everything to him. Um, I can't imagine how that conversation went down but he's he's on board with the, the public shaming of his nephew I guess um and then in a surprise twist Enid steps up uh because apparently she grabs a pie and reveals that he that Jason told her his great uncle invented candy floss so I was like Enid he got you too oh my god oh, no one is safe no not a one 
So uh, the coach says that uh, tells Todd, oh, you're, you, you think quickly, you know, you think of your feet. I like that in a player. Um, and Todd's like, am I back in the team? And the coach says, that depends. How's your free throw? And hands him a pie to throw in his nephew. I guess he just secretly hated his nephew this whole time. <laughs> but yeah, Todd's like, oh, you know, uh, pretty good. But, you know, I work better with the team. Uh, like... I, I I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> well, he joins the rest of the gang and then they all simultaneously throw pies at Jason who rattles his stuffs. <laughs> and then he high fives the twins and uh, they all put their arms around each other and look very happy. And that's the end of the episode. That's I <laughs> <laughs> I feel like once again we are left with more questions than answers but it was still great fun in fairness <laughs> it really was uh, we got to see the winter carnival uh, we got the, the, the mystery of how Jason ended up in the stocks we Honestly. got to see the twins as Aunt Shirley's worst nightmare <laughs> you can't go wrong I feel very satisfied with all these things. Yes. Uh, so, Pi Beta Alpha sisters, are you as satisfied as we were with this uh, truly uh, dramatic um, events of the Winter Carnival? You definitely had thoughts on uh, on last week's, um, and uh, yeah, there was um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts on Miss Kitty. Now, Katie Longstreth said. And I guess this is something that would have got, totally gone over our heads. But mm. Miss Kitty, she said, Miss Kitty struck me as an homage to Pee Wee's Playhouse. It also made me nostalgic for the bizarre avant-garde aesthetic of the 90s. So Pee Wee's Playhouse is one of those things like Pee Wee Herman would have been written about in like you might have in the early 90s. There might have been things about like when the film was released in America. Mm. It might have been mentioned in, you know, like British music magazines. and pop culture magazines and stuff but the show was never shown here as far as no. I know on this side of the no. Atlantic like I have That's never a, seen a single second of it no like I I suppose when I got a bit older I realised that yeah Pee Wee Herman is a character played by Paul Rubens isn't it but like yeah. just like that whole Pee Wee's Playhouse meant absolutely nothing to me and again it's something that turns up like as a pop culture reference in like TV yes. shows and books and stuff from America and I was just like yeah I don't know what that is um yeah yeah, so that just went completely over our heads, but it does make a kind of sense if if it was that kind of weird, surreal kind of yeah. like kids TV show kind of buzz, then I guess yeah. that could be what they were going for with Miss Kitty. But like, yeah, so we were just, can you can imagine how confused we were when we had absolutely nothing to draw a line back to. It was just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I mean, it's so. I mean, we did. Maria Teresa Biblioteca did say, "How come Lila and Jessica are dressed like Alice from the Brady Bunch?" And you know, as we replied, we have nothing but questions. Maria Teresa uh, did say, "I mean, I guess Miss Kitty gets to make the rules about her corner help arenas and their uniforms. Who am I to judge? Me. I am me to judge." <laughs> <laughs> That's who, and you're right. <laughs> I did love this from News from Neon. Brad, the recent film school grad who suddenly finds himself <laughs> filling in as second unit director. Finally, an opportunity to make art. <laughs> it's my time to shine. 
I think, uh, yeah, Jen Cantwell uh, spoke for us all when she said, I want to know everything about the process of making this scene. I'm obsessed. And news from Neon replied, I want a normal history that just focuses on this scene. <laughs> it would be neat, but we would need it. <laughs> oh, I would 100% watch or read that oral history because I don't think I've ever seen anything in this series or indeed in most series that that has genuinely baffled me more so confusing Uh, Claire PH uh, commented saying OMG so many thoughts which you know fair Uh, she said when Enid said I know a great place for their date she was praying it was going to be the lucky duck Then Lila said Liz and Jess have caring parents. And then in all caps, where were they when their daughters were comatose or kidnapped, Lila? And Miss Kitty, WTAF, I genuinely thought the video had switched to a weird 90s ad. Then I thought maybe it was a fever dream. Utterly, utterly bonkers. So true. I mean, I actually did think an ad as well. I thought there was some mistake in the YouTube video. Yes, I was like, this is going to be a weird playstation ad or something or remember how ads for playstation were really fucking weird as well like in the 90s but like no just we were still in sweet valley just very confused (laughs) a corner of sweet valley we have never seen before but i have to say i hope we see it again you know it would be unexpected but uh i uh yeah i would be on for that too (laughs) i think we all enjoyed however baffling it was our visit Mm. to uh miss kitty's corner <laughs> With a cake. Go- oh, of course. And we got to meet her. Help her read us. Oh my god. Oh uh, well, do let us know what you thought of this week's episode, Pipeita Alpha Sisters, because you know we love hearing from you. Um you can always mail us at SVH Podcast. And uh, yeah, we did get a, a mail um from uh from somebody who had a, a, almost a similar experience to poor Lila and Jessica. Yes, uh, this was Caitlin Fitzgerald. So she <laughs> revealed that when she was 12, uh, okay, three of my friends and I got bopped by some mall cops and dragged into their office, not for shoplifting or anything. But I love this so much. But for dropping free sample antacid tablets into a fountain to see if they would fizz. This is so cute. Anyway... <laughs> The, uh, the the security guards apparently were threatening to call our parents. And then I had a burst of inspiration. How? I asked. The two security guards and my three friends were all staring blankly at me. How will you know who to call? Do you know our parents? We were 12. It was 1990. We didn't have IDs. <laughs> it had occurred to me that if we didn't give them our parents' phone numbers, there was no way for them to call them. I suppose they could have called the police and made a whole production out of it. And maybe I should have been more afraid of that. I'd like to be able to claim I was doing the three 3D chess of working out that these mall security guards would not want to go through that hassle. But really, I was just flying by the seat of my pants. Anyway, they gave us a stern talking to and then walked us out to the nearest exit. We were all just flabbergasted. We'd gotten out of that situation. I guess I guess we were just really lucky that the Lafayette Place Mall didn't have a Miss Kitty policy. Whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> Fantastic. Love that, Caitlin. Great job. <laughs> oh, bravo, Caitlin. Seriously. Oh, like, that is, that so is a, a, just the the, sh- the sheer bravado. Love I it. love it. Just the brazenness of the 12 year old oh. you. Just fantastic work. Excellent job. Magnificent. <laughs> 
Well, uh, <laughs> if you can top that, listeners, do let us know your own mole crimes. <laughs> she won the law, the law won. But, or the law didn't win. What am I saying? No. Caitlin won. <laughs> Fuck the police. Hey, cab. <laughs> Um, but uh, do let us know your own mall crimes your own experience mm. of carny life perhaps <gasps> yes. um, have you ever worked as a carny can you tell us any carny secrets <laughs> <laughs> no we don't want to scare any Aunt Shirley's out there so True. don't you know don't, don't be give us too many sordid tales of carny <laughs> life <laughs> but we uh, we really appreciate you supporting the show thank you so much for being part of our um, non-toxic sorority where all are welcome and uh, you are of course the wind beneath our wings mm. and we will see you in the clubhouse in two weeks when we we find out what happens when uh, Jessica bows out of the annual Wakefield sleepover in <laughs> It's My Party and I'll ditch it if I want to doesn't hmm. It doesn't quite scan as well as some of the other wordplay. Yeah. Uh, I see what they were going for, but it's, it's a bit of a swing and a miss there, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we've got some better titles coming up soon, so we can hmm, comfort true. ourselves with Blunder Alley next week. <laughs> It'll be great. And Like Water for Hot Dogs the uh, the following week. Oh, but uh, yes, we will see you at the Wakefield Sleepover in two weeks. But before that, we will see you in the main feed would we find out what happens when some cheating and plagiarism and <laughs> stupid misunderstandings that will doubtless make us very, very annoyed make Elizabeth betrayed? <gasps> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.